Welcome to Keeping Secrets. I'm Vir Koto. Keeping Secrets is a web series produced by Dating Kinky about the intersection of kink and privacy. In this series, we'll be talking about the hidden dangers, hidden allies, and practical steps you can take to protect yourself and your community. We give you the information and the tools to make informed decisions that are right for you. These webinars are recorded live and then released as a podcast. So if you're interested in participating and you're comfortable sharing, you can join us for live chat and discussion and questions, just like these amazing people are doing here tonight. So I am your host, Vir Koto. I'm a geek, a kinkster, and a privacy advocate. You can check out my very outdated website at virkoto.com. You can email me directly at virkoto.com, or I'm on FetLife as virkoto, all one word. The opinions expressed in this series are my own. Your mileage may vary. Consult your doctor if after taking my advice, you have an erection that lasts more than four hours. So if you have been to one of these Keeping Secrets uh, events before, you may have an idea of what I'm going to do. Uh, the presentation style that I have is usually pretty standard, but uh, tonight we're going to do things uh, a little differently. We're going to shake things up. So if you are here live and you're comfortable sharing, um, please feel free to share your thoughts as we go. If you're listening to this afterwards, please just follow along. And I'd love if you sent me an email to let me know how it went. So to start, get some paper and a pen or a pencil. And as I'm talking, write out your thoughts. Um, I'll be giving you some prompts as we go. And uh, those prompts or those thoughts can be a single word, a phrase, a name, or whatever. And don't worry about outlines or structures. We're going to get to that um, at the end. It'll be uh, just, just your stream of consciousness. And so as I write, you know, rock, ra sorry, as I talk, <laughs> write things down that, you, that you're thinking about. And if you're comfortable sharing them in the chat, please do that too. Um, at various parts in the talk, I'm going to, again, ask you to write some things down. Um, and then at the end, um, we'll be collecting what people say in the chat. So again, if you're, if you're open to chat, that's a great way to follow along and to participate with your thoughts, your questions, your ideas. So um, yeah, there's that. Um, also, I know some people are more comfortable with using a word processor um, or maybe notepad or whatever. So if you're not comfortable using a piece of paper and uh, something like a word processor works better for you, go for it. Um, just you know, keep following along as we go. Whatever tool works best for you is uh, the tool that works best for me. So a common thing that I hear from folks about privacy is that it's too late, privacy is dead, and there's no point in even trying to maintain your privacy uh, in today's world, which makes it really hard for, for people who are starting out, especially in the kink community. Um, and uh, you know, this is really where, where we're gonna focus tonight, right? So where are you gonna start? How do you begin your kink journey and how do you take your privacy um, into account when, you, when you're doing that. So to tell you the truth, um, there's a little bit of an element of truth to that. The, you know, back in the mid nineties, um, when I started thinking about privacy and all this stuff, um, you know, it wasn't that hard to keep your privacy, but things changed quickly. And by the early 2000s, uh, there was a rise in what we call surveillance capitalism. And uh, surveillance capitalism, for folks who don't know, is the idea that uh, information about you is collected and then sold. And uh, surveillance capitalism really is what fueled a lot of the free services of the early 2000s. And it completely changed the landscape of privacy. And it's frankly, it's, it's the business model that we live in today. And uh, again, the idea of surveillance capitalism is that your devices, so that'd be your computer, your phone, your TV, your vacuum cleaner, your car, they all spy on you. They learn what you like to watch. They learn what kind of music you listen to. They learn when you sleep. They learn when, where you work, who you date, what your fantasies are. And they send that to a big company 
uh, and then that company send, sends that to a data broker, and then that data broker sells it to other companies or governments or stalkers. Um, and we've talked about a lot of this in previous uh, shows. We've talked about how easy it is for a stalker to get access about us. And we've talked about how scary it can be, um, just how much information can be gotten uh, about someone with, with almost no um, effort whatsoever. So on that piece of paper that we talked about, write out some of the devices in your life that you're worried about maybe spying on you. So uh, you just write that out on, uh, on the piece of paper. And, uh, you know, this, this data collection that we talk about, you know, this information that's being uh, retrieved about you, this has real consequences. Um, and we know that police uh, in various, for example, in various anti-LGBT countries, countries that are not uh, friendly to, to the gay, lesbian, trans uh, communities have used uh, apps like Grindr and Tinder to lure homosexuality, um, homosexuals to encounters. So they'll put out an ad saying, come here um, for a good time or to meet someone. And then people show up and then authorities are there either to arrest them or sometimes to even to beat them. And uh, we know specifically that this happens and has happened in Egypt, Iran, Lebanon, and Russia. So this is not just some theory. Um, this has really happened to people. And a bit closer to home, last month, uh, I did one of these keeping secrets on what a post-Roe v. Wade world looks like in terms of privacy and reproductive health. And then two weeks after I did my presentation, Facebook was found to help a, a Nebraska prosecutor in identifying and charging a 17-year-old girl and her mother with a felony. Uh, and uh, that was because the 17-year-old sought to get an, a, a safe abortion. And uh, Facebook was helping supply information to the N Nebraska prosecutor um, so that uh, she could be prosecuted for this for a felony. So this privacy stuff, it has serious consequences. And that goes even more for marginalized communities. And if you're part of the kink community, you're marginalized because uh, you know, whatever you might think, um, you know, whatever, however you might identify elsewhere, other ways, um, we, we are a marginalized sexual community. But also many of us belong to other uh, marginalized groups. So whether we're queer, whether we're part of a racial or ethnic minority, or maybe because we identify as a woman or because we were assigned a female at birth, or maybe because we care someone, I'm oh, sorry, we care about someone who um, was assigned female at birth or identifies as a woman, basically um, all of us. So um, write on that piece of paper some ways that you're part of a marginalized community. Um, and if you're comfortable sharing that in the chat, um, that's great too. So uh, let's move on. When I've given introductory talks on privacy and kink before, people have offered me feedback that the world is changing and that it's becoming more progressive and more understanding of kink and BDSM. But I think what the United States has taught us is just how quickly things change, how quickly things can change not just for abortion rights, but also these anti-trans laws and other changes. And the problem with being out, um, and we'll talk about being out in a little bit, is that once you're out, you can't really go back in. And I'd never tell someone not to be out. If you want to be out, please be out. But I would caution you that the genie is hard to put back in the bottle. And while you know you might not change, the world around you might change. And um, the world around you might become a very scary place. And I've seen, uh, I've been in this uh, BDSM community since uh, 2015. And I've been in the scene long enough to see peop young people um, be out and proud. 
and say, you know, there's no reason to, for us not to be fully um, out about who we are. And then something changes in their career or um, they have a need in some way to, to not be out. Um, for example, someone I know, yeah, they were out and proud and then they started working in a school environment with children. And suddenly their past, their kink past, um, was a risk to their career. And I've seen this actually several times with different people. Um, I have seen people who they were out and proud, but then they get into a relationship with somebody who's not out. And suddenly their being out has a risk toward their partner. Um, and I've seen people want to progress maybe in their career or change careers, but because of uh, the fact that they're out, it makes it that much more difficult. So we have a difficult, uh, challenging uh, balance to strike here. Um, I think it's great to be out and I'm never gonna tell someone not to, but I am gonna caution that it's uh, something that you shouldn't do lightly. Um, and uh, you know, if you're not familiar with the term out, um, it means that information about you uh, specifically your sexuality or your gender presentation um, is uh, out there for the public. Um, and then there's a term outed, which uh, we've essentially borrowed from the uh, LGBT world, which means that information about your sexuality, your gender, or your other, uh, your kinks might be given away without your consent. Um, and when I've done this presentation before, I've given you know, examples of famous public figures who've been outed and the ways that it's harmed them. I'm not gonna do that tonight um, because frankly, I don't think we need to use those kind of examples when we see just how scary it is, just frankly, you know, um, you know being a human being and wanting reproductive rights in the United States. Um, it's so scary that I don't care where you are, you should be paying attention. So. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't want to go too far on that tangent, but I just want to say that, you know, the world we live in, um, can be dangerous and can shift underneath our feet. So, um, what's the opposite of that? Well, maybe, maybe we can just get off the grid, right? Um, maybe we can live in a bunker somewhere out in the desert and never have to worry about people. Um, but my answer to that is, yeah, I mean, sure. But is that really how you want to live your life? Um, I think most of us want to live integrated into the world, not just to the, the regular world, but especially if we're kinky, we want a kink community. We want play parties. We want munches. We want classes. We want, we want all that. We want conventions. We want all the things that really make our life fun. Um, and so we can't just live in a bunker because uh, if we did that, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have all those things available to us. So, so that's not going to work. Um, and there are people in the world who need a much higher level of privacy than others. Um, for example, activists and oppressive regimes need a much higher level of privacy protection than your average person. And, um, you know, we've seen this. Um, I'm really glad I did the disclaimer that uh, my opinions are not necessarily those of, uh, of, of dating kinky here because... You know, I'm going to say when we look at, for example, Russia and how Russia has really changed drastically since um, the invasion of Ukraine and how it's really cracked down on journalists and turned them into uh, you know, enemies of the state. Um, you know, and then we have there are people in Russia doing real journalism. Um, they really need extremely high levels of protection and anonymity and privacy. They need the special tools and techniques to keep them safe because there are really people that are out there to, to, to get them. Um, and they have powerful adversaries who are targeting them. But thankfully, thankfully, most of us, we're not under the same level of threat. And our adversaries aren't that well organized or well funded as national governments or an intelligence agency. Um, so we don't have to have quite that level. And, this, this series isn't really meant for people at that, at that level. Um, and this is probably a good segue um, 
uh, of talking again about why, like what is our what is our risk? And we've talked a little bit about that um, in, in a bit, but um, you know maybe you want to specifically on this piece of paper that you have write down some some concerns that you have, some ways that you're afraid. Um, and maybe that's because you're afraid of your boss finding out that you're kinky, or maybe you're afraid of your family finding out that you're queer, or maybe you're afraid of a FetLife data leak, or maybe it's something completely different and I don't, and I haven't thought of it. Um, and if you're comfortable sharing that in the chat, um, oh, I'd love to hear that too. I'd love to understand what you're concerned about. Cause really that's what this is about. It's about you, right? This series is about you and this presentation is about you. So I wanna understand what you're really um, thinking about and concerned about. And we'll come back to all those things when we do the Q and A. But for now, let's take stock. Um, and uh, I'm gonna come back to this idea of being outed because that's really the core of this uh, concern and the, the core of the topic tonight. So um, let's talk about the, the situation of being outed and what that would look like. So if you have that piece of paper, write down the name of the person or a person who knows that you're kinky and also knows your wallet name. And by your wallet name, I mean your, your government name, the name that uh, you use on a, a daily basis. And uh, that might be your friend, right? A trusted uh, friend. Um, that might be a, a partner, a family member, uh, or maybe it's a website like FetLife, or maybe it's another kink site that you've given your wallet name and your credit card information to. So uh, let's write that down. And uh, now um, that you've done that, and I'm not gonna wait, <laughs> um, but now write down some places or people who have things like sexy photos of you. So um, maybe you have an ex that you uh, did some risque photos or videos with, um, and they still have that information about you. Or maybe you took a uh, photo of yourself and you uploaded it to your email. Um, so write that down too. And uh, I'm gonna have you, I'm gonna have you add a few more things to this. Um, people who you'd let be comfortable talking, uh, that's a very weird way of putting it in my head. So write down some people who you would be comfortable talking to about your kink or your BDSM lifestyle, but you haven't told yet. So. Maybe there's a friend who um, that you would tell, but you haven't quite told yet, or maybe a family member who um, maybe you, you you know you haven't spoken to in a while, but you know that they'd be understanding. Um, so uh, again, I'm going to also suggest that as part of this, if you're talking about a kink website, um, that you think ask yourself: Does this website have a picture of you? Um, does it have a picture of your face? Uh, does it have a picture of maybe you have a tattoo or maybe a picture of you nude? Does it have payment information about you or does it have your phone number? Uh, if it's an app, does that app collect data about you? Uh, or maybe if you're concerned about, you know, maybe say a, a nosy neighbor who's always watching who comes in and out of your house. Um, this is this kind of information. This is going to take time. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, talking rather quickly, but this is all just to get you thinking um, you know, this, this writing down of the people you're concerned about, this is going to take, it might even take you days. Um, and uh, once you've written all this down, um, even if the list isn't complete, we're going we're gonna to start sorting this. And uh, we can sort as we go. But not by people or by app, but rather whether they're an adversary or an ally. Um, or maybe they're a neutral party. So let's talk, let's define these terms. So an adversary would be someone like our nosy neighbor who's just waiting to find some juicy gossip about you and destroy your reputation. But maybe it's not a neighbor, but maybe it's somebody at work or somebody at church. I think all of us have someone like this in our lives, someone who's just waiting to, to cut us down. Um, so, you know, maybe next to that name, you know, you put uh, adversary or or something like that, maybe a frowny face. And an ally would be the opposite of that. They'd be someone like your best friend. Um, even if your best friend is completely vanilla, right? You know, we I think we all have that friend who, you know, they don't understand our kink, but they support us and they support our kink journey. And their only question, if we came to them would be, how can I help? So uh, maybe next to those people, right? Ally or a smiley face, or, 
or something like that. And um, well, everybody else, we'll call those people neutral, and uh, we won't we won't put anything next to them. And um, look, these labels that we're using, they might change. So, um, for example, right now, if you have a, a kinky Google or a kinky Facebook account, you might consider that a neutral party. Um, or maybe you consider them an adversary, or maybe you consider them, um, maybe you don't know. Personally, I would consider Google or Facebook an adversary because I know that they're trying to spy on me and sell my information. But this is your list, and you should sort it however you like. And uh, once, once you're doing that and you're starting to sort these people, I want you to stop for a moment and consider those allies. Your allies can be your partner or your partners, if you're poly, um, your close friends, your family. Um, and that doesn't matter if, if they're close or distant. Um, you know, family is family. It can be your therapist or, you know, it could be anyone who uh, you feel close to and that you know has your back in a time of need. Your allies um, are often easily forgotten, right? Sometimes, you know, just these people that are there for us, we, we, we lose track of them, but they're really key here. And they're your guide to help you and be there for you and ground you if something goes wrong. They're your emotional support network and they shouldn't be overlooked. You might even have allies that you don't know about yet. Um, it's one of the reasons that I start the show saying uh, hidden allies. Um, because for example, in the episode we did on doxing, I listed out some organizations worldwide that have been, that provide practical and emotional support for people, particularly women who have been victimized. Um, and that's not an ally that you're going to know about, you know, out of the gate, but it's an ally that you have. And look, not everyone knows everything or everyone. So your list of allies, it's going to grow and change over time, just like the rest of this list. So um, who are some allies in your life? Write them down on a piece of paper. And if you're comfortable, share them in the chat. This is uh, recorded, so I wouldn't share their full name, right? But maybe share, oh, my, my best friend or um, a coworker or something. You know, keep it anonymous, but uh, share if you like. And once you've separated, separated your allies, um, you're left with your two groups, right? Your adversaries and your neutral group. Um, and we need to think about a little bit now about how do you measure risk and really what we're trying to do is, is not uh, let our adversaries know much about us, right? We're trying to keep uh, that information away from them. And uh, we also wanna keep our neutral parties from turning out to becoming, you know, becoming a problem, right? We don't want them, um, uh, you know, turning into adversaries at some point. Um, and this is a little bit complicated, so I think it might be easier just to use with people. So I think um, in the kink community, many of us have told someone in our vanilla life about us being kinky. And, uh, and then, you know, we, we say, oh, I'm kinky, I'm into BDSM, and, you know, I like to be tied up or I like to tie people up. And then they find that so interesting. Um, and then maybe that person, that friend, they blurt it out at a party. And, uh, or they, you know, they start drinking and they say, oh, did you know that Veer likes to tie women up and beat them? Um, and I don't think those people necessarily do it out of malice, um, but maybe they harbor some jealousy or resentment um, and uh, it comes out in a pretty awful way. Or, you know, there are people that just like to stir up drama and uh, so they bring it up in ways that are inappropriate. And I'm going to call our friend here a neutral party. Um, but because of that, it's going to be good for this person to know as little as possible, um, which is a great lead into my next slide, which will be about compartmentalization. But before I get there, write down some people in your life who might be either adversaries or neutral parties. These could be people. They could be organizations, again, like your church group, your neighborhood association, websites, apps that you use. Um, and again, if you're comfortable sharing, I share that in the chat. Compartmentalization, uh, as I hinted, is the idea that some people know some things and other people know other things. And it's great in lots of contexts, but it's especially good in a king context. 
For example, it's very common in the BDSM community to use a different name than your wallet name. And we call this a scene name. It's a form of identity that lets people know who you are, but lets you maintain your privacy. And we'll be going through a bunch of ways to compartmentalize shortly. But for now, just know that's our goal here. Like we're, our goal is to separate out what people know about us. Another technique we'll be using is masking. And the idea is that if we don't want someone to know something about us, we put on a mask. And that's what a scene name is too. It's a sort of mask. And there are other masks that we'll use, such as having a kink email address or maybe a kink phone number. And, and we'll talk about some of those um, specifics in a bit later. So, uh, you know, again, any ideas you have, just write those down. They don't have to be coherent or cogent, just, you know, whatever you're thinking. Um, and if you are new, if you're new to the community, you're in a great position because you're starting from a blank slate. Um, and that's a really envious place to be. But whether you're brand new or you've been doing this for years, I recommend making a plan, something that'll help you work on your privacy starting here and going forward. And that's what we've been doing this entire time. We've been writing these notes to be part of your plan. Um, and we'll be going through some practical beginning steps that you can take that'll be part of your plan as a kinkster. So um, maybe if you, know, if you are an experienced kinkster, you probably have other um, plans or methods that you use, right? So maybe you have a plan for vetting new partners or um, you have a plan for self-care during drop. Um, I know I have a lot of these, uh, these plans and they're especially useful because when we're in a bad situation, it's too late. We can't plan. If you're in the middle of a drop, um, then uh, it's not a good place to start doing planning. So we do it before uh, ahead of time so that when we're in that situation, we can just um, you know, be at ease. So if you have some experience with this, drop your thoughts in the chat. Um, if I've used a term that you don't understand, um, let me know in the chat and I'll come back to it. And uh, the next thing to do is to stay informed and be ready to revisit previous decisions. And look, privacy might not be your jam. Um, I get it. It's not always the most fun topic, but just like you're always taking in knowledge about your physical and psychological risks in kink, you should be thinking about your risk related to privacy because they affect your mental health, potentially your job, your career, even the custody of your kids. So it makes sense to stay informed about new services and to be a little bit conservative when a new app or a new service comes along. Maybe you don't wanna be one of the first people to, to take advantage of it. Um, and I think all of us have jumped in sometimes too early on something only to regret doing it later. Um, so what are some ways that you've jumped in too early in, about something in the past? Um, and that doesn't have to be privacy, that could be anything. Um, and what kind of lessons did you learn from it? Um, if you're comfortable, share that in the chat. So let's give you some practical steps, right? I said practical steps, let's talk about it. So, um, when you want to compartmentalize your identity, some good beginning steps are to have a scene name, right? A name that you use when talking about yourself um, in a kink context. So uh, have a scene name. Uh, don't talk about your job. Right? Um, it's really common, um, at least in the United States, to uh, ask someone, so what do you do? Uh, it's, a, it's a very common thing. It's not so common in the kink community. And there's a reason for that, because um, that's very private information and it could be used to, to harm you. So um, don't ask it and don't, don't talk about it. Uh, it makes other people uncomfortable. And uh, don't give a lot of personal details, right? Don't say, oh, I was, you know, I was brought up on, uh, on uh, you know, Mockingbird Lane and, you know, and I knew so-and-so growing up and whatnot. Because, uh, you know, when you're doing that, you're potentially outing someone else. So um, you can talk about your kinks, your interests. Um, you can say, oh, this is my first time, or oh, I saw this presenter, or oh my goodness, I saw this thing, or ask questions. Oh, what do you, you know, what is that thing that you're carrying? Or um, I was really curious about this class, or um, I don't know, what is your, what symbol, you know, what, what does that symbol on your necklace mean or whatever? But um, there's lots of ways you can interact with someone without giving a lot of personal details. 
And, um, and here's one that I think a lot of people forget, which is uh, don't wear clothing that gives personal details. So um, if you have a, a badge related to your job, right, don't, don't wear your badge. Um, if you uh, typically carry some company swag with the, the, the company name or logo, maybe leave that at home when you're going to a kink event. And uh, if you're experienced or even if you're just thinking about it, what are some ways that you're doing right now? To, part, to compartmentalize your identity. Are there ways, or on the flip side, are there ways that you've accidentally given out information about yourself without realizing it? And uh, share that in the chat. Um, and are there ways that you might want to do better about your identity? Are there things that you're thinking, gee, now that now that Veer has been talking, I realize I should have been doing this better or that better, but I don't know how. Um, and you can either write that down or put that in the chat. So let's talk about compartmentalizing communication. I think this is really a, a key you know, next step, right? So having a kink ID online is really helpful. Um, and that should be separate from your vanilla identity. Um, and uh, you know, that should be, and I, my opinion is it's often best if it's consistent across websites, although it doesn't have to be. So uh, everywhere I do kink, I use Virkoto, um, but I don't have to. Um, consider a kink uh, email address, and that can be something that's separate from any new services. Um, consider a kink phone number, um, or maybe a whole kink phone. And we did a whole episode about this. Um, in fact, it was our second episode, it was uh, utilizing a second phone or phone number. Um, and uh, consider using a, a kink um, secure messenger, an instant messenger, so instead of texting. Uh, we did a whole episode about that too. So compartmentalizing your communication is really important because uh, oftentimes these tools um, give away information about us. So just consider having a second one and, and uh, when selecting which one to use, um, we've, we've got resources. Um, you wanna compartmentalize your online footprint as well um, and minimize your footprint. That means removing unnecessarily, unnecessary apps from your phone, your computer, um, finding and deleting unnecessary accounts, uh, using a password manager to manage your login details. We did an entire episode about password managers and, and all that. Um, you should be checking your, your apps for spyware. Um, if, if an app has spyware in it, remove it. Um, use a privacy respecting, respecting browser um, and we've actually done several episodes all on browsers and uh, use tools uh, to help you manage your phone. Um, and there are, there are great privacy tools that will help you with that. Um, and so what are some other ways? Uh, well, maybe some, what are some things, forget that. What are some things that you're doing right now? What are some ways that you're already compartmentalizing your online footprint? Um, write that down or put that in the chat and um, maybe think about while you're writing that down, what are some additional, what are some new steps you could be taking? Um, or maybe you're doing something that I totally missed that I forgot. Um, and if you, if you are, if you're doing something that I didn't think about, put that in the chat. I really want to, really want to hear about that. So uh, yeah. Um, let's talk about boundaries and answers. Um, I think when we start off in the community, it's, it's not clear what information we should or shouldn't share. Um, I know it wasn't clear to me what, uh, what was normal to share in the community when I joined. So um, I think the best thing to do is, if you can, before you've even gone to your first event, decide what you will and won't reveal about yourself and decide how you're gonna introduce yourself. I think that's important. Um, Learn how to ask scene appropriate questions. And we talked a little bit about that earlier, right? Questions like, oh, what does that symbol mean? Or what is that toy? Or, oh, I'm really interested or curious about this, that, or the other thing. Um, those are scene appropriate questions. Uh, inappropriate questions would be something like, so what's your name? Or um, where did you grow up? Where do you work? Um, and, you know, don't ask those questions. <laughs> um, do you have a plan for some of these situations? And maybe you've, or maybe you've been in a situation and you've been flustered, um, or maybe you have a totally different approach than I do. Um, and I'd love to hear about that too. So 
find other people to help. Um, this is not something that I think most of us can do alone. Um, if you're lucky enough to have privacy events uh, in your town, um, attend them. Uh, if you're if you're comfortable doing so, on FetLife there is a group that uh, I moderate called Privacy Conscious Kingsters, um, and we talk about privacy and sometimes we share news or tips. Um, so please feel free to join that. Uh, there's a group called the Electronic Frontier Foundation. They're kind of like the ACLU for um, online, and I, I can't recommend them enough. Um, obviously, this series. Uh, keeping secrets, we are constantly sharing uh, information on how to keep yourself secure and safe and anonymous. And uh, our entire back catalog is available online. So if you go to datingkinky.com slash keeping dash secrets, you can um, listen, you can watch and listen to any of the, the previous series we've done um, on so many different topics. So um, here, I think we're, we're kind of at the end of the main presentation. Um, so, uh, you know, someone recently asked me if, uh, again, once your private, once your private information was out there, if there was any point at all about caring about privacy and, uh, kind of closing the circle here from the beginning. And to me, privacy is a lot like thinking about your health. Supporting your privacy is something that you need to do a little bit each day. And once you've had your information leaked, it's a lot like only worrying about your health after you've had your first heart attack. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, but just like your health, any positive change that you make at any time is going to have some impact. So the best time to start isn't to lament the past, but it's to start now. And whether you're a beginner who's just starting out your kink uh, adventure and your kink journey, or whether you've been at this for years, um, there's always gonna be room for learning and improvement. Um, so that's the end of my main presentation, but stay tuned for live question and answers. I'll be going through the, the chat, looking for comments and thoughts and questions and responding to those. Um, but for now, I want to have a word with you all about the sponsor of this program, Dating Kinky. This series, Keeping Secrets, wouldn't be possible without the support of Dating Kinky. They have been incredibly supportive to me in helping get this information out to you. And so now I'm going to talk to you about their offering, Dating Kinky Plus, and why I think it's a great deal. If you're here listening to me, participating, or maybe listening uh, later, yeah, you care about kink education, whether that's the series on privacy, whether that's learning BDSM skills like rope, flogging, fire play, or, or other things, um, liquid nitrogen play, needles, um, or maybe it's soft skills like how to be a better dominant or how to be a better submissive, or maybe it's relationship skills like how to communicate more clearly, how to how to think about boundaries, how to think about your mental health, or uh, maybe it's non-monogamy skills or something like that. Well, if you do care about this kind of information and you do care about this kind of education, um, well, that's where Dating Kinky Plus comes in. Dating Kinky has tons of webinars, just like this one, that you can watch and listen to and tune into. And their back catalog of kink educational material has over 400, I think it's probably closer to 500 now, hours of material on so many topics, like being a newbie in the scene, power exchange, communication, mental health, non-monogamy, geeky topics, um, you know, <laughs> you know, hard skills like rope um, and this series on privacy. Joining Dating Kinky Plus also gives you access to books like The Big Book of Ass, FLR, Femdom, and Women in Charge, and next up, O-Town. You'll also get access to additional features in the Dating Kinky app so you can find someone to connect with, right? Because I think that's what many of us want is uh, more connection, especially now that uh, we're coming out of our hidey holes uh, post-COVID. So uh, 
this, this Dating Kinky app can help you. And uh, with Dating Kinky Plus, you get more features. So you get all this amazing content and you get uh, the Dating Kinky Plus additional features. You get access to educational material, material. You get access to webinars. You get access to books um, and all of that. And at the time of this recording, it's only $9.99 a month. And that's not very much when you consider just how much you're getting. I think that's a pretty great deal. But if you sign up for six months or a year, you'll save 40% off of that, which makes that deal go from a great deal to an incredible deal. So uh, those are all good reasons, but I'll give you one more. When you sign up for Dating Kinky Plus, you show that you support series like this one. Keeping Secrets with me, Virkoto, and that you care about kink education and that you care about kink privacy. So if all those other great reasons weren't enough, if the hundreds of hours of educational material, the books, the webinars, <laughs> and everything else, and the Dating Kiki Plus app uh, features, if that, if that wasn't enough, you're doing it for me and you're doing it to show that you care. Um, and that that's huge. So... With that, let's take questions. Um, and uh, I'm going to repeat this, but uh, in October, the next one, next uh, series we'll be doing will be securing your documents. So we're going to get some a little more nitty gritty, right? You've got you've got private documents. You've got maybe uh, pictures or things. How do you secure those store? How do you store and secure those documents? Um, and next up um, on dating kinky. Uh, is untangled inclusivity and negotiation, specifically around neurodiversity, which is an amazing topic, and um, I, I'm I think it's it's going to be a great great discussion. So, um, what an amazing lineup! Um, and with that, let's get to questions and thoughts. All right, here we go. Uh, I am going to. So it it takes me a little bit of time because I have to go through all of these. Um, uh, questions, but let me, let me do that. Da, da, da. All right. Uh, all right. Sorry. So I'm seeing a lot of people coming and joining. I'm really awesome. I'm really glad that you're all here. Um, so we have uh, Giggles Therapian. Oh, through giggles through pain. <laughs> that makes more sense. Me smart. Uh, and uh, I believe that giggles through pain uses she, her pronouns. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Uh, it says, I warn people to be careful about coming out, especially younger LGBT, unless they can prevent becoming homeless if they're rejected by their family. That's such a good point. Um, it is tragically common that people who are queer are rejected by their family and um, they end up on the streets or um, they have to do work that they don't want to do. Um, and look, I am pro-sex um, work, but I am not pro-coerced um, sex work, right? And if it's a question of sex work or homelessness or sex work or no medication, that's not really a, 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 a a choice that people should have to make. Um, so uh, yeah, that's a great point. Thanks for bringing that up. I really appreciate it. Um, Switcher says that it has gotten easier to come out, but it's still not there hundred percent. And I couldn't agree more. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's more stuff about, you know, uh, giggles through pain also says that uh, she was uh, afraid of coming out until she realized that so many of the people that she worked with, uh, we're on FetLife, and that can be a, a fun uh, experience when you realize that all the people that you work with are kinky. Um, and uh, I wish more people had that experience. Um, Switcher says that they were outed by their ex to um, her sister about being bi, and that's terrible, right? Um, often and all too often, it's our partners who out us. So uh, that's awful, and I'm so sorry that's happened to you. Um, and uh, Anadori says, um, Anadore, sorry, says, I, I live alone and uh, 
her number one fear is that someone will follow her and will break in. And that's a, that's a, it's a very cogent fear. It's a scary, scary fear. Um, and uh, Jess says that she was, I think it's Jess is a she, that if I'm wrong, I apologize, went through a big outing um, where she was the victim. And that's really awful. So whew, some really intense stuff here. Um, AP says that uh, her concern is that people either don't care or aren't aware of violating boundaries by stalking or data mining um, information that you posted online. And that's a, that's a huge one. We did a whole show on, um, on doxing and online stalking and online bullying. And uh, it is so scary. And it's really common, especially for women um, and especially for queer folk. So um, these are really serious, scary concerns. And so um, I want to thank everyone for being so brave and talking about this, because this is not easy stuff to talk about. And uh, it's, it's, I'm really touched, honestly, that, that you're all here and, and bringing up this really deep stuff. So thank you. Um, Naughty Little Minx says uh, that uh, she's mostly nervous about people recognizing her and being outed to a much more conservative, to her much more conservative friends and family. That's, that's really scary because when we lose our, our support network, our family, right, that's, um, it, it leaves us very alone. And um, I can, I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about that because it wasn't a, a kink or a queer outing, but uh, I'm, I'm a stranger in my family. And um, I know what that, that feels like. And it's just, just terrible. Um, I'm going to cough, so <laughs> give me a second here. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really scary. Um, Giggles through pain says, does the website have proper security to prevent hacking? Um, I'm not entirely sure what that was in reference to um, because I don't have the, the slide that I was um, um, looking at. So if you want to elaborate on that, that'd be great. Um, Naughty Little Minx is a, another concern, a former Dom who have pictures of, um, I think, again, her, um, that he already shared with without uh, her consent. No idea where those pictures could have ended up. And that's so scary and so awful. And I'm sorry that's happened to you. And uh, it is so common, isn't it? Like, just so common for people to just uh, ignore our boundaries. So awful, awful, awful. Um, and uh, powerful sub J says well, th that he has a photo of the toys, of his toys on Facebook, and that your mom also has Facebook. Um, so that's <laughs> that's a pretty big one. Yeah, your, your mom could see the things that you post. Um, and Giggles Through Pain says, don't forget about swatting. Um, so for people who aren't familiar, swatting is um, it's calling in a false police uh, report on someone to have the police go in and um, people have died during these police raids. So um, this is a real thing, and it's a very scary thing. It's basically homicide through, via police. And even if it's not homicide, it's a terrible, terrible um, violation of your privacy. Um, Z says, I'm scared of what happens if a current ally becomes an adversary in the future due to a change in, in your relationship. And that's such a big serious issue. And um, there really isn't a great answer to that, right? I mean, the closer we get to people, the more we share with them. And uh, it means we have to be really, really careful about who we bring into our lives. And uh, yeah, a lot of people are scared of that too. So, uh, okay, I'm going to move on. Uh, almost, Jess says, almost introduced myself to someone at work by my C name. Um, yeah, that's happened to me. <laughs> I've almost introduced myself. Um, uh, with my C name as well. So, oh, just you're he, him. Thank you for um, correcting me. So I apologize. I've been doing this the wrong, um, wrong way all that, uh, all this time. I apologize. Uh, Tiffany Felix says, how can I purchase kink tickets without revealing my identity since my visa card is in my real name? Well, Tiffany, I have good news for you. We did an entire episode on called Shopping While Kinky. And uh, we did um, a whole bunch, we got a whole bunch of information on that. So um, 
go check out that episode. Um, it will give you a full hour of tips. Um, dun, dun, dun. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a little more discussion about the credit card. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Check uh, a piece says check app permissions that record uh, and uh, that record look that use recording or location data. That's great. Um, a thousand words says any advice from me on checking for spyware. Um, you know we should do a whole episode on that. Um, you know right now I think checking your permissions is going to be your best bet, but um, I think we should just do a whole episode on on uh, on this. Giggles through paints as I use a VPN. Um, well, that's great. Um, a VPN can be a very powerful tool. We did a whole episode on uh, VPNs and uh, what they're good for and what they're less good for. Um, so I recommend if you're thinking about using a VPN, you check out that episode in the back catalog. Um, see how easy it is. I, I don't have to do anything anymore. Once I've done a topic, I can uh, sit back and sip my ties. Um, Giggles through pain says block third-party cookies and make sure cookies are deleted upon logging off. Um, and yeah, that's certainly one way. Um, we did a whole um, multiple episodes on browsers and plugins and things. So those are great. Um, and Anna Dory says that she uh, started using Bitwarden after um, the episode on um, passwords and logins and things. And that's awesome. I'm glad that I could help you um, help you with your your uh, privacy journey. Um, and a thousand words uh, cautions some concern about VPN services. And uh, I couldn't agree more. I think that's, uh, I think often VPNs are oversold um, as privacy tools when really not meant for that. So um, yeah, Andy says that they installed a new app on their phone, but before that they checked carefully what permissions it required. Well, um, I think that's, uh, I think that's a great idea. I think all of us should just be checking. Um, and if something looks a little fishy, like, hey, why does this, you know, why does this um, uh, notepad or, you know, why does this, this uh, I don't know, this icon thing, why does it need to have my location, right? That, that's probably spyware. Uh, welcome. I work in inf identity management security. Well, that's, that's very cool. Um, I might want to have a conversation with you privately, uh, giggles through pain, um, if you wouldn't mind uh, dropping me a line on FET or email. Um, if someone, Tiffany Felix, uh, on the topic of um, how to deal with people who ask questions, uh, uses uh, one or two word answers and makes it seem really boring, that's a great, um, it's a great answer. It's a great idea. Um, oftentimes, um, if somebody asks me that question, um, and that's not to be in a kink context, frankly, uh, you know, sometimes just, you know, somebody says, oh, what do you do? And I just say, I work with computers. <laughs> and uh, usually that just kind of shuts the conversation down. So uh, don't trust. And so now Giggles through Paint, don't trust apps off the bat. Many of them are tracking their users. They create the app to trick people into using them. And that's absolutely right. Completely right. Um, Andy says, I've got used to the idea of simply saying to people in person and at munches, I'm afraid I'm not willing to talk about that. You know, Andy, um, that's great. If you can, if you're comfortable saying that, that's really the best answer you can give. Um, a lot of people, especially people who are socialized as um, women and girls are socialized not to have boundaries. And frankly, for some of us, um, even guys, um, we were socialized not to have good boundaries. And so it's really hard to, to do that. But if you can, that's a great thing. Um, AP is uh, posting the uh, Privacy Conscious Kingsters group. Thank you very much, AP. I very, I very much appreciated that. Uh, Liz says, we aren't post-COVID. Uh, 500 people or so are dying in the U.S. And that's roughly one 9-11 a week. Um, I agree with you that um, COVID is not over um, and uh, we've got COVID, we've got um, monkeypox, and we've got the, what's supposed to be a really bad flu season. Um, I think what we're seeing, regardless of whether there's a disease threat is that events are opening up. So um, 
I think people are itching to have events. So um, I'm speaking to that, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right that uh, COVID is not over. Um, let's see here. Some events require your real name. So AP, you're 100% right. Um, we've talked about this topic in the past. Um, um, when we talked about, oh, I think it was attending events. Um, it might even have been our first episode. But we also did it when I did a newbies episode. Um, so we've, we've talked about this several times. But yeah, a lot of a lot of kink events, especially conventions, require your real name. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, and you may have to make some hard decisions um, about that. Let's see. They hide deep in your search. Uh, yeah, it, it can. So AP is saying that it can be very challenging to um, know if an app is spying on you. And she's absolutely right. Um, so Lady Amanda says, keep in mind for software, if you aren't paying for it, you are likely the product. Uh, Facebook is, is a great example of you and your info and your clicks being the product. And you're absolutely right that in most cases, um, you know, we talked very early on in the episode about surveillance capitalism, and that's really the core of surveillance capitalism. And um, it's why I keep bringing it up. Um, and so I'm glad that, uh, that um, we have that, that people are discussing it. So, so thank you for, for doing that. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Anna Dore, I always, oh, Anna Dore, me, uh, Anna Dore, ugh, I always mess this up. I'm so sorry, Anna. My phone turns my camera on when I'm using it as a phone to talk to someone, which is super weird, but apparently it uses, uses it to know when to turn the screen off. Well, that's so weird and strange. Um, yeah, I've never heard of that. That's awful. That's terrible. Um, So, um, all right, well, we're, we still have a few more minutes. Um, and, uh, again, I want to, I want to mention that after this, um, we have, um, untangled inclusivity and negotiations. Um, I don't, you know, we'll get a little personal here. I've talked in the scene about being uh, neurodivergent. And uh, so I think this is a really important topic, and I'm glad that um, people are going to cover it. So uh, a thousand words says privacy note: be careful about Roombas. So the thing about Roombas is that they've been recently Roomba, uh, the company um, I forget the name of the actual company, has been purchased by Amazon, and, and Roombas map your house, and they do that by having little cameras focused at the ceiling. So uh, yeah. Um, Roomba's a little scary and uh, good, good thing to uh, bring up. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, are there previous episodes on how contract chasing has changed the game? You know, Liz, um, contract, contact tracing is a very complicated topic because it varies so greatly depending on which um, agency, which entity did it. Um, so I'll give you an example. Um, in Germany, their contract tracing app was um, really secure, really private, truly anonymous, and really effective. And uh, I think it was totally necessary, and I'm glad that they did it. Um, in the U.S. and Canada, I have more concerns and more doubts. So, uh, yeah, um, a little complicated topic. Um, and I think uh, that'd be a great topic to discuss on privacy conscious kinksters. Um, I don't think I could do a whole show about it just because it is so nuanced. So, um, and I, and I Ray says, I'm going to be a little more careful about what I'm wearing in my home. Um, if you are on FetLife, AP says, please join the, the group for more privacy information topics. Yes. Thank you. Um, and Ryan, uh, is posting the back catalog link, which is awesome. So, um, wow, what an amazing night we've had with so many great participants, so much great chat and conversation. And um, 
I'm so glad that you're all here and we can talk about this. And um, especially want to thank everyone for being so open about some of the really awful things that have happened to to you. Um, it's, it's not easy and it takes a lot of bravery. Um, but I, I hope that through the series, through the group, and through our ongoing interactions, that we can um, that we can build a community and we can make that less likely to happen to someone else in the future. So I'm gonna say thank you, good night, and uh, stop the recording.